Hey guys, what's up? This is Ryan White here. Happy hour with Ryan. Welcome inside episode 48. Wow. It is just so good now to somewhat not wear a mask. Um, I don't know where you're at in the country where you're listening or if you're outside the country, but things seem to be going in the right direction as far as we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. The mask mandate got lifted here in Little Rock. Uh, the announcement was made Friday night. And wow, just it's just it feels so weird to somewhat getting back to the normalcy of things here. Um, it, it, wow, it's just and I and so Friday night, uh, me and a friend of mine, we went to see um, the mixtapes, which folks, if you've not seen them. Uh, they are actually a really good 90s uh, cover band. And uh, we went to the library here downtown River Market here in Little Rock, Arkansas. And they were just fantastic. And shout out to Laura Bishop. She had actually told uh, me about them. Her and her brother at some at the Rev Room several years ago. And um, we're just talking about how awesome. I mean, they just cover anything you can think of. Will Smith. Uh, Snoop Dogg, Ace of Base, Rage Against the Machines, Nirvana, Alanis Morissette. I mean, just hits after hits after hits. And it's two girls and three guys, and man, they are badass. Uh, and I was looking around, and there was really, it really wasn't crowded, because um, I've seen like videos of their shows in Missouri, and the houses are usually packed. But I missed them last year, kind of apprehensive getting out. It was around this time last year they were here. And I was thinking, man, if they get back down here, I'm not going to miss them. And sure enough, me and Montreux went and saw them Friday night. So it was a good night to to, to just enjoy some live music. also got to see Corey Fonneau, um jamming on some Tennessee whiskey. Got some requests. Everybody just loves that song. Everybody can agree. That brother, Chris Stapleton, got some soul in him. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was just awesome. I hadn't heard live music since November um, 29th. Actually, it was on my birthday. And then as far as like a concert, when I saw Justin Timberlake, that was March of 2019. So almost two years later, nearly, and getting to hear live music. But yes, the mixtape. So if you're in Little Rock in the fall, which they announced um, Friday night, they should be back down here September October they rarely make it down this far um, usually if any part of Arkansas they're usually in Fayetteville George's Majestic Lounge on Dixon Street but yeah um, just got so entertained um, and whatnot uh, Friday night and also uh, at the bar was sitting with us was Jermaine Taylor and met him kind of briefly and gave us a, a fist bump but yeah um, yeah, um, hadn't seen him around the news in a while. Um, but yeah, it saw quite a few people actually out. But and I was trying to share the post on Facebook and I'm sure people saw it. And I don't know if people just didn't know if things were opening back up, you know, maybe still apprehensive trying to get out because of the pandemic. But, you know, there's a good number of people that have gotten vaccinated in Arkansas and in other states. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I was hoping more people would have shown up, but yeah, just, yeah, definitely come out and see these guys. Or if you're in the Missouri area, uh, look them up. The mixtapes, really good band. So Saturday, um, I tell you my, my friends, Rachel and Susan just did a fantastic and great job. I was glad and just proud of them. Glad I could go support them. And actually bartended. We did some mimosas Saturday at their grand opening for Dandelion Home and Garden, which is on 2923 Cavanaugh Boulevard, Suite D in the Hillcrest area. They did really good Saturday. They sold quite a bit and made quite a bit of little money. So props to them. Uh, check them out if you're in the Hillcrest area or if you're passing through Little Rock, Arkansas, Dandelion Home and Garden. Um, they've got a little bit for everybody, uh, men and women. Uh, they sell books, um, like beer books. Um, they've even got, you know, plants. Uh, they got succulents. Uh, so anything, if you're trying to 
if you know you're a new homeowner or you're renting your home and you know need some plants or anything that's going to be decor for the house check them out uh, they got some good good stuff um, but yeah 10 to 5 monday through saturday that's 10 a.m through 5 p.m monday through saturday go check them out they're on actually day two uh just uh, having the grand opening on saturday just to get uh one note here from uh nba so one of my favorite broadcast commentators, Marv Albert, is retiring after 60 plus years in the game. Um, one of my all-time favorites, uh, his uh, just signature, yes, is uh, quietly well known. I mean, he's done from everything from football to boxing, hockey, basketball, baseball, tennis, you name it, he's done it. Um, it's from the New York area. Uh, I believe he's in his 80s, early 80s, if I'm not mistaken. So his last series he's going to call is going to be the Eastern Conference uh, Finals, which is usually held on TNT. They're going to follow suit again with that this year. So kind of sad, uh, but he he's going out with the bang, and uh, he's been doing it a long time. And I was wondering when he was going to actually officially retire. I know his probably days were 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 getting numbered there for a minute um because like i said he's he's just been broadcast since i want to say the early to late 60s maybe um he started out doing commentating for uh, the new york knicks and the new york rangers hockey team so that's just to tell you how long ago that was so congratulations to him as he is heading out he said he wants to uh, perfect his ballroom dancing and his home gardening. So, uh, but yeah, Marv, you ever down as far as <laughs> Little Rock? Uh, yeah, it may may uh, come to Dandelion uh, if you ever make it down this far in the South. So, before we get to our guest for this week, CB Bird, um, Little Rock resident uh, near the Redfield Whitehall area, uh, fraternity brother of mine, UCA. Lambda Phi Chapter Sigma Nu. So, uh, me and Ryan Mullins, uh, we got uh, on the discussion again. Um, still kind of um, what we were talking about last week on the pre-hype show um, with the these jobs, these businesses not really uh, paying these employees much. So, Thursday night, I joined... Uh, another fraternity brother of mine, Ryan Cobb and Mom L, and we were going to go to U.S. Pizza 250 drink night. So, hey, we, you know, we were going to head out there. And so he made it there before I did and said, hey, um, hey, man, they're closed. And I said, what? Because as I was driving by, we went to another place called Overtime. And anyway, I said, well, there was cars in the parking lot. And he said, well, they actually just couldn't accommodate or bring um you know, any more people in, they had their full seats and it was getting near about, about eight o'clock. So I guess they were maybe closing at nine or something, but yeah, there you go. So again, not enough staff. And this is at us pizza. Uh, one of my favorite places to eat. And so, but yeah, me and Ryan Mullins, we were talking just to take some notes, some of the things he was stating and I'll share with you. And, um, I'm definitely going to bring him in, um, here hopefully in the next week or two um, j- just some of the stuff he's you know kind of had um, you know some thoughts ideas opinions if you will about the subject matter and what's been going on with this so you know a lot of these people are taking the PPP loans which you know you can't really fault them you know and whatnot you know and but here's the thing the reality you know, and the businesses are realizing this, you know, they're trying to recover for losses. Individuals are also trying to recover from losses and receiving money from the government. And I remember taking calls last summer and, you know, these businesses, and it was awesome for them, you know, happy for them. Good, you know, and because, you know, everybody hit, you know, rock bottom when this pandemic came about and, it's not the norm now as far as comfortable living and just getting by. 
So a lot of people now are really going to go where the supply is, supply and demand, right? And here's the thing, you know, Ryan was saying, you know, corporations, they love capitalism, of course, but don't want to respect it when it doesn't work out in their favor or hurts them. And, you know, it's, you got to think it's a double-edged sword either way, you know. Um, but, you know, we just got to, you know, I just wish the, these businesses the best, you know, nothing against them or anything. But, you know, I think, you know, maybe our generation, generation behind us is just starting to realize what's really going on. And they're not really just going to take it anymore. And people can say what they want. You know, like we were saying last week, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. And that's cliche. But, you know, it's one thing. And I was just seeing some post like, hey, I had a summer job and and everything. And like, who didn't, you know, and my first first uh, summer job, uh, 17, worked at a grocery store, Harvest Foods to be exact. But. You know, that's one thing. I wasn't living out on my own or anything, necessarily paying any bills or, or anything like that. That was just a summer job. And yeah, it was fun. I was was earning money and, you know, kind of learning about earning a true hard-earned dollar. But it's these people's livelihoods we got to think about because people have car payments and insurance if the car is not paid for or whatnot. And that's just car. That's just transportation. And then the roof over your head, you know, you're you're renting your house or whatever the case is or apartment. And then you got to feed yourself and, you know, you just start adding all that up. And that's not even getting to utilities. And it's just a never constant ending type of thing. And what's so kidding uh, in some of these businesses, they're screwing themselves. And some of these people that were retired, they're coming out of retirement and they're making slave wages, call it what you will, you know. And I think we need to be able to pay these people livable wage. Um, you know, you can dissect it any way, any which way you want, but individuals need a stable based place, simple as that, you know. And uh, something else Mr. Mullins was touching on is that uh, two things I'll kind of end on this subject here so if you actually really break it down and this is just you know by opinion possibly there thereof but you got one third you know once you make your profit or whatever you know one third needs to go to the employees your hard-earned workers that are there probably 40 hours out of the week and then the other third you know, your revenue and then the other third to you, you know, but it's just amazing how some of these CEOs are not wanting to bite the bullet and, you know, still taking these lavish trips and owning these yachts and these planes. And, you know, you kind of get the picture there where I'm going, you know, it's, it's just crazy. Like, why do, do they not want to value and pay the employees? And something we were also talking about is, you know, does there need to be a fast food workers union? Because unions are not really as prevalent as they once were. And here's the thing. It's not going to hurt to boost the minimum wage. It's not going to hurt America. I mean, we're already, what, trillion dollars in debt or whatnot. But uh, something I hadn't looked up, but I'm going to, and I strongly urge you to as well, is Toys R Us, there's a store in Sweden, and they were trying to figure out, well, do we want to have a workers union, but they did not um, want to do the minimum wage part. Um, They wanted to A, give someone a job, and to give them a livable wage. So finally... They gave in and met the demands. And I, I said this a while back. There is enough power in the people. If enough people stand up, there is enough power, you know, you know, by the people to stand up and say, OK, well, this is what's going on, you know. And like I was referencing last week, you know, I got to work this amount, just one hour to pay for this. And this is just a small minuscule amount of what I got to do to survive, you know? So 
it, you know, like I say, our generations and, and, and behind us, you know, we're willing to work, but, uh, you know, I know what I'm worth and everybody knows what they're worth and, you know, they should be paid accordingly. So, uh, me and CB, uh, get into that discussion this week, you know, about what's been going on. Like I said, what we've touched on last couple of weeks and kind of gives, uh, his insight as to, you know, his opinions and views on it. And it's some, definitely some interesting facts and just, you know, how, you know, how we move forward with this. So after this quick musical commercial break, we'll be back with this week's guest, CB Bird. CB. What's up, buddy? What's up, buddy? How's it going? <laughs> oh, man, it goes. Just another day, another dollar. Man, I hear you. I hear you. Man, I, I got to first ask you, man, the TikTok videos, man, you're pretty notorious, I, I would think, man. You're kind of a celebrity. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> I don't know about any of that, my guy. Not a word. <laughs> so, so what? I, I guess everybody was bored during quarantine. Is that when you kind of started with the videos or? Yeah, that's uh, things. I think it's you know it's so stereotypical. It's it's whatever you know. I saw somebody watching TikTok videos, okay. and I made fun of them. I thought that was dumb. Uh, and then I started watching them, and I found myself just doing it. You know, constantly. You know, I wasn't even getting on Facebook or anything. I was just flipping the TikTok to kill time and. At some point, I had this sporadic thought, like, if I'm going to if I'm going to spend this much time on it, I might as well do something with it. And so I started goofing off and yeah, and that's just where it ended up. You know, it's something kind of, I don't know, fun to plan out what you're going to do and, you know, kill 45 minutes or an hour sometimes doing something silly. Man, most definitely, most definitely. Man, I had, uh, and I don't know for you, but uh, I had one of those, and it's funny, like, everybody's posting the memes, like, the old moment, so I was out actually grabbing a drink with Ryan Cobb last night and his roommate, and uh, which actually a segment I didn't know, and his girlfriend, and she said something about, oh, I graduated high school in 2013, and I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm there with you, man. Every once in a while, I'll be watching a movie, uh-huh. and I'll make the mistake of looking at when the movie came out, and I'm like, oh, my God. Yep. Yeah, I, I just saw something with the uh, the Bible, <laughs> Get One Free. Uh, I don't know who posted it, but um, the Mountain Dews or the Pepsis, and I was just uh-huh. like, good grief. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> well, man, uh, kind of before we get into uh, the, the big segment today, what everybody's been talking about, uh, kind of inform our listeners uh, where you're from, a little background uh, for yourself there. All right. Uh, well, I, I refer to myself as kind of long time in and around Little Rock resident. Uh, I grew up uh, about a half hour south in between here in Little Rock and Pine Bluff mm-hmm. in Redfield. 
Uh, graduated from Whitehall, Arkansas. Spent five years pursuing a four-year degree at UCA, about a half hour north of Little Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've just kind of lived in around Little Rock my whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, done a lot of different things. Went to school for, you know, writing in English. Yeah. Uh, translated that into a job at the newspaper for a little while. Uh, amongst many other odd jobs, doing whatever would get me a check there for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I've kind of moved. I've bought a house here in Little Rock. I've joined. A, I became a firefighter for the city of Little Rock. Been very nice. that. Um, and I mean that's kind of it in a nutshell. I got a, a daughter who's six years old, and uh-huh. I make TikToks. I take care of my daughter, and I go to work. <laughs> and that's about the extent of my life. There you go, man. What, uh, so the firefighter is, is that is that your like another part time or is that just something you're doing or? No, that's full time gig, man. What well, is full time? Okay, that's full time. Yeah, I work. Uh, actually, I'm on vacation this week, uh, so this week's a little weird. But mm-hmm. we work 24, 24 hours on, forty eight hours off, and Ooh. so that's my that's my schedule all the time. Okay, okay. Because I had uh when we were down in New Orleans for my wedding, uh, actually the day before I interviewed um my wife's uh matron of honor her husband and he's a first responder actually in uh california man how was the the training process for that uh man it was long uh you know it felt like it was long i guess realistically in time it wasn't that long it was about six months uh little rock's one of the few they have their own academy most of the other firefighters in the state there's a actual firefighting training facility in Camden, Arkansas, and, and oh, they okay. send all their guys there and they live there five mm-hmm. days a week while they're doing that. Um, but Little Rock has their own training center over off uh, 65th Street. Um, okay. And so, you know, spent about six months down there, Monday through Friday. Um, you know, it was intense. It was a lot of stuff, but I'd been doing volunteer firefighting before that. So I had, mm-hmm. I at least knew what I was getting into. Okay. And so, I mean, you know, just beyond grateful to be there, you know, it's been a, it's been a blessing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a good job. It's, it gives me an opportunity to kind of, you know, help out and, and be of service. And, and I like that, you know, I just do. Yeah, I don't know if you watch nine one one. Some some interesting stuff. Uh, great show from Ryan Murphy. Um, what what's the craziest call? And there's crazy stuff on that show. But what's one of the craziest calls you've probably gotten? Oh man, I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, it's when you watch firefighting on the on the television shows. Yeah. Um, it's it's. I mean, there are moments like mm-hmm. some of that. But obviously, that's that's yeah. a lot of you know yeah yeah yeah. um you know i don't know nothing nothing super wild and crazy i don't i don't really you know there's people that have the i kind of refer to them as war stories Mm -hmm. Uh, and they could tell some real good ones you know i like to tell the ones you know about crawling in the sewer to get a cat out you know i think stuff like (laughs) that's funny Um, but uh i don't know nothing nothing too crazy man it's the job is, you know, there's hard days and there's there's not so hard days and there's, you know, stuff that first responders generically have to deal with that's that's absolutely tough and I don't want to make light of that in any way. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, I like to tell the the crawling in the uh, gutter to get the cat out. I think that's funny. There you go. There you go. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, – and. Because I know a lot of, um, and I kind of interested in this as well. Um, you know, getting a gig as far as like, well, if you have a writing degree, because my wife was in the technical writing, um, she was going for that. She's some few hours short of getting a degree, I believe. Um, what does one, I guess, go with that? Because I guess I don't know, like, where do you kind of go with that degree? I guess you could really do whatever. It's just trying to, you know. Well, man, you're you're talking to somebody who who ultimately decided to become a firefighter, um, right. <laughs> and, and so that degree. I mean, I I'm grateful for having it. I you know I think it is a positive thing. Just to, and you know I think the kind of I hate to call it a lie, but the the story I heard anyway growing up was it doesn't matter what degree you get so long as you get a degree. 
yeah, um, yeah. There, there is some truth to that, I think. Um, you know, but uh, I think that's a little misleading as far as people who are, are trying to get into writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the only thing to do is just do it, you know, and you yeah. kind of you search out avenues to try to make some money doing it. And it's it's difficult, man, particularly yeah. in today's world when, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, in, I think everybody's seen the struggles the newspaper's been having this kind of transition from print media into yeah. a digital world where everything works differently. You know, the advertise everything's different. Um, and so I, do I have any good advice for the, the young, inspiring writer or <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. I wish I did. <laughs> um, it was working for the newspaper, secondary only to the fire department. Uh, working for the newspaper has been the best job I've ever had. Uh, gotcha. it, it was an absolute blessing to be in that environment. Mm-hmm. It's hard to explain it to someone who hasn't <laughs> been in that environment. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but being around a group of people with a common goal and everybody's not necessarily similar in their, you know, beliefs or opinions or whatever, but in the mm-hmm. kind of common pursuit of what they're doing. Um, you know, like I said, I, I transitioned out and, and went, I totally took a, a sharp left turn into a different career. So I don't have any good advice. I got you, man. I got you. Yeah. It, it, and it, and it just seems like, and I have these countless conversations with, with friends and family, you know, it, I can probably count on my hand, like the people that, you know, maybe went to school for whatever their degree is in and, and got that job and others, you know, maybe, you know, if they're a starving artist and trying to make it, you know, and they, they go to a job, which it's kind of going to transition here into because, man, so many people have dealt with certain situations. The the the, the strikes and, and people being short staffed, man, it, it's making headline news. Yeah, um, I, I've seen like like a couple of friends like they got into it with this lady back and forth even about, you know, oh, you don't know what it is to struggle. And then. Our friend, he was like, well, I wanted to get a job at 15, 16, and 31 years later, still love working, you know. So what, what's your kind of getting in that, uh, this issue here, what's been going on? Man, I, I don't know, man. You know, I'm in some ways, you know, me talking about it almost feels, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not questionable, but yeah. I'm not. I'm not in that struggle you know, right, be- right. because I've kind of got myself into a spot where I have a job and, yeah. and, and, and whatnot. But what I think is, is interesting is, you know, this, it's just bringing a lot and sort of like I mentioned earlier with when they tell, you, you know, just to get a degree, any degree, you know, and that's yeah, something exactly. that I, just get something. Yeah. yeah. Just something. And I think that's one of those kind of platitudes, right. That, that people hear, Mm-hmm. And and it kind of becomes this almost like subconsciously understood, like this is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of plays into what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, when the pandemic started and I mean, people were getting laid off, you know, they, yeah, I mean, yeah. everybody. I mean, if you were in a service industry, for sure. Um, you know, restaurants were shutting up shop. They weren't able to, to have as many customers. They were late. They were firing folks and laying people off. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of transitioned into some, uh, you know, a little bit of frustration uh, mm-hmm. with, you know, now it's opening back up and, and they're hiring for these spots. But mm-hmm. some things that are being realized <laughs> is, you know, sort of like there for a little while, right? The, <laughs> Uh, the grocery store employees, you know, people who work at Kroger's and whatnot, um, they were being called heroes and, and, yeah, and yeah. this whole kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then when you transition from that into, okay, now we're on this side of it. Um, and these same sorts of people are, are saying, Hey, we want better working conditions or more pay yes. or, mm-hmm. or whatever the thing is. And all of a sudden, you know, you see a sign or, or a meme on the internet or whatever about a McDonald's that, that, that is closing up because they don't have enough people. And it's like mm-hmm. those jobs 
are not, I mean, they're not desirable jobs. Exactly. You know, they're mm-hmm. just not the, the amount. And I've, I never really worked in the rest. I mean, I did a little bit. I, I worked a lot in the retail kind of space. Um, but, you know, this idea that, well, people are just lazy and they, they don't want to work. And it's yeah. like, well, no, I think, I think they do want to work. Mm-hmm. But there's been, a, there's been an evaluation on some level of these jobs are just not worth it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, corporations and some of these, you know, I hate to pick on McDonald's. I don't I think right. it could be awesome. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think they know, you know, the power really right now, because everybody is hiring. Mm-hmm. The power right now is on the worker because they have options and they can make choices. Yeah. And I think that's maybe how it should be. I don't, I don't pretend to be a, you know, a, an economy professor or, mm-hmm. or what have you, but the idea that it's just lazy people not wanting to work, I think that's kind of a, a false flag argument. Yeah. Cause, and then I feel like some of those people that might be, uh, offering advice or insight into this, they feel like, well, uh, and I don't, maybe the generation right below us, they maybe think they're too lazy because, like I said, going back to a friend of ours said, you know, he wanted to work at 15, 16. And, I mean, I started working when I was like 17 years old. Like I worked at a grocery store um, right before my senior year and whatnot. And, you know, I never worked in the food industry either, but I remember we helped out um, a fraternity brother of ours, his aunt, they were catering this um, firefighting event, you know, honoring the firefighters in Jacksonville. And for four hours, we were, you know, making sure the glasses were full of like water and tea. And after four hours, my, my feet were, you know, hurting. So just, I got a just a small glimpse. And I mean, we, we got you know, a little money for that, but I could just imagine, you know, maybe, two, three dollars an hour and then tips, you know, and I've always been kind of apprehensive, even applying for one of those jobs and people say, oh, you'd be a great host or you'd be a good waiter. But, you know, just like, I don't know how much money like versus, uh, okay, I'm going to a job where I'm making such, such an hour, you know, and I've always been kind of scared. Eh, I don't know if I, because I don't know, you know, every day's a payday, but you just don't know what you're really going to get every day though. Well, yeah, and and particularly when you look at, and I mean, I've worked at places like this. I mean, the when the corporate structure, the the idea behind hiring is, um, you know, we're going to hire twice as many people as we need, mm-hmm. so that we can keep everybody as a part time employee. You know, and and yeah. the whole concept of, you know. Well, yeah, we're, we've got a job and you can have it. Uh, and it's not even to me, it's it's a little bit about the pay. I'm, I'm an advocate for, for raising the minimum wage again, not yeah. an economics guy. I don't get right. into the like complicated mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you as a company, you know, and let's say you pay minimum wage, you know, whatever that happens to be. But then you you hire somebody, you say, oh, BT Dubs, uh, we're only going to give you 20 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not a job. Uh, you know, that's nobody, nobody on this planet that I'm aware of <laughs> uh-huh. can survive on 20 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And so they have to, by necessity, they have to have at least two jobs. And they end up with two part-time jobs so they can yeah. piece together their 40-hour week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I did do, you know, at one point I had three jobs, you yeah. know, I, and it's like, I don't think the people who, who refer to these, these cats as lazy and I can't speak for people who aren't me, but when you hear that kind of rhetoric, mm-hmm. I don't think they're, they're in their head. I think they're imagining, well, these guys just don't want a full-time job. And I think most of those people would be like, well, no, I, I would, I would actually, I'd like to have one, one job that's full time. And so that I don't, cause when I worked three jobs, my idea of a day off was the one day I only had to go to one job. You know, that was, oh, wow. mm-hmm. that was, the, that was my idea of what a vacation was yeah. because as a part-time employee, 
you don't get paid vacation. You don't mm-hmm. get, you know, there's, you get sick days, but they ain't paid. You know, yeah, you, yeah. you don't get any of the benefits that go along. And the corporations know that yeah. they're, mm-hmm. they're fleecing the system a little bit, you know, by that's, if you keep, you know, you've got, you only need maybe 20 full-time employees, but you've got 40 part-timers. You never have to pay overtime. You don't have to pay benefits. You don't have to kick in for insurance. You don't have to provide. You don't have to do any of these things that you have to do for full-time employees. And, you know, I think that's the, those are the jobs that I think right now are people are saying, you know, and, and you get people who I think would argue that, well, you know, unemployment's too high and, Mm. and this, and it's like, well, yes, unemployment is higher, but, What's being exposed is that these jobs are literally the only preference that would cause somebody to choose that job is if their literal only other option is homelessness and poverty. Yeah. You know, yeah. why would you want to? And, and in exchange, you get to go to work and get yelled at. And it's a <laughs> thankless job. Yeah. And it's, it just is. It's, it's, it's not a lot of fun. You know, it, there's not much to be said. For working, and again, coming from my background, working in a retail environment, mm-hmm. there's just there's there's not a lot of you're just a a, a warm body who folds t-shirts for you know eight hours three days a week mm-hmm. because you're a part time employee and they won't give you any more hours. Yeah, man, it's just amazing. Like, and I you just wonder how many people ripped off because uh, me and a friend were talking uh, last week, and it's just like they know that they can even pay you more, but they're going to say, okay, we're going to offer you $11 an hour. And they can really, and I'm, I may, and maybe more specifically speaking with what I do customer service, as far as call center type environment. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, well, I interview for this job over here and they're going to pay, pay me almost $17 an hour, but you got this other company is going to lowball me. You yeah. Know, it's, it's, it's really crazy. And so, and I didn't realize this and going back to McDonald's. So even the, uh, one of the CEOs of McDonald's stated that, okay, um, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna pay, or excuse me, this is the amount we can pay, but we're not, you know, in back in reality. Now he says that in the public, but Mm -hmm. he's probably not going to end up doing that. And he even said, 10 cent raise on some things that would at least get everybody $15 an hour. Right. Right. And I, th- I think that's, you know, I haven't seen that, so I can't speak directly mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think the, you know, cause I'm, you know, and this is, you know, I have to be a little cautious, right? Cause I try to, I try to tamp down my, <clears throat> Yeah. some of the things that I believe mm-hmm. and, and kind of whatever, but, you know, again, just from my personal experience, you know, I've, I've worked in a place in an environment um, where you were presented a yearly evaluation mm-hmm. and your yearly evaluation determined your race. And if you got a perfect evaluation, which nobody gets, Exactly, it's not a thing that occurs but if you got a perfect evaluation Mm -hmm. you might get 50 cent raise you know what i mean and most people don't get so you end up with like an additional quarter or you know whatever 30 cents and it's like what is what what, uh, thanks for the thanks for the nickels grandpa you know (laughs) what i mean like yeah, it, it, it doesn't. And I'm not saying that everybody should be making a hundred dollars an hour, but when, right, you look right. at, when you look at the at the wage gap for me, when I look at the wage gap between what someone who is a CEO or or a, you know a controlling entity of mm-hmm. any given corporation, mm-hmm. and you look at what their wages in a year translates to versus their lowest paid employee. And you're talking about, you know, the, the percentage being like a two or 3000% more, you know, and yeah. it's like per hour and 
you expect me to believe that you couldn't raise your bottom line your, it up just a little and cut from the top just a smidge? Like, that's, that's hard for me to believe that. The truth is, to me, in my opinion, mm-hmm. they've been able to do it for a really long time. Yeah, and and in in a capitalist society, in you know the pursuit of the dollar, if you can pay people nickels, where's your motivation to pay anybody anymore? Mm-hmm. And with the jobs like they are, and and you know, I haven't seen as much locally. You know, I, I mean, recently a restaurant down the street was having problems because they only had two people working on a busy night. Right. But it's like that's, you know, to compare it to if you were selling something, right? If you're mm-hmm. selling something and nobody's buying, you've got to change what you're selling. Exactly. Yep. And if the job that you're offering nobody wants, then you have to examine the job and decide how to make you have to compete to to attract people to you. And I think I think corporations know what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're hoping they don't have to, you know, that's, that's kind of my bottom line is they, they sort of know what they need to do to to attract people, keep people. Mm -hmm. And, and they're not, they're not willing to do it right now. And that's, that's fine. They're allowed to do that. But in exchange for doing that, you end up not having enough workers, not being able to open up all the hour, 24 hours a day, you know? So it's a trade-off, and we'll just kind of see how long that lasts. Yeah, because like, and and and, and it's and and, and sometimes, and, and I would post stuff. Especially my last job, I was going through things. You know, I was getting paid pretty good, but it was just dealing with some some inside politics or whatnot. But I, and now we would have evaluations every year, and then when I first saw three percent, and those that know three percent is nothing, and I was telling my wife about it, and she was like, "Well, that's usually what jobs at minimum." usually have to do for a raise and I was like you know yeah. are you effing kidding me you, you know and yeah. it's like I'm up here 40 hours a week and, and if you get to breaking it down and again not really complaining but I'm up here pretty much busting my ass to an extent and I'm I'm you know there's only 24 hours in a day so eight of those yeah. hours for the most part and for some jobs with people more I'm, I'm up here you know yeah. and you're just not making it enjoyable and of course, we go on, on about just just the base things I was dealing with, and then but then you got people that are getting low ball, not getting paid paid enough, and yeah. barely making ends meet, and still dealing with shit at you know at that job, you know. Yeah, well, and that's the deal, man, and that's kind of where you know I differentiate a little bit, is, you know. It, so it, you know, just for again, just specifically to me, and you can kind of extrapolate from that whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was I was getting paid fairly well. I mean, not I wasn't Oprah rich, but I was you know I was getting paid fairly yeah. well to manage retail environments. Yeah, you know I, I worked myself up <clears throat> to a manager, still not making because I I think the entire str- of of any place that you go in, it's not just the lowest minimum wage guys. You know the things that they do to a salary member. You know, and and the kind of the kind of loophole they do with once they've made you salary, and what that implies. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if suddenly you're not all of a sudden you're yeah you're making more money, but you're not doing a forty hour week. You're doing a fifty two hour week. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if you really do the math on what a salary employee, a salary manager gets paid mm-hmm. versus the hours they work, sometimes they're not making much more than minimum wage anyway. Um, but yeah. you look at, you look at that kind of environment and I left from there yeah. and took a pay cut to go to the newspaper. There you go. Mm-hmm. And, and I did that for a couple of reasons. One, I mean, the newspaper is where I wanted to be, right? Uh-huh. It, it, mm-hmm. it slowed into my degree. It gave me access into this kind of world that I kind of wanted to be involved with. But even more than that, I took less money because the newspaper treated me like a human being mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't it wasn't for me I was willing to take a pay cut and 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 because then 
you know, newspapers struggling. I don't say that to bash on newspapers. That's right, right, right. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, you know, but they were struggling and that's what they could, that's what they said they could afford to pay me and I was willing to do it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, here's, here's a little subtle difference, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, on, say you're working when I was working at the newspaper and, uh, you know, the newspaper never closes. I mean, you know, but you end up working on a holiday. Well, Mm -hmm. the company goes and buys you a meal Mm -hmm. and feeds everybody working in the newsroom that day. And it's, it's just kind of a recognition of, Hey, this is, it's Christmas day. Mm -hmm. You're here. We appreciate you. Here's some food. Well, when I worked in retail environments, they did the same thing. You know, they'd go and buy some food if you were working on, you know, Black Friday or or whatever the day is. Mm -hmm. But they bought the food and the kind of unspoken string attached to that was now you don't have to take a lunch. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like. and I got examples. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's such about. it's yeah. such a subtle difference. You know, they both both companies saw something and mm-hmm. and purchased food, but the newspaper did it as a way to say thank. We appreciate you. Uh-huh. We know that you're stepping away from your family. Whereas the retail environment said, okay, now nobody's going to take a lunch, right? Because there's mm-hmm. food there. You can just they- duck in, grab a quick bite, and then you're back to doing what we need you to do. You know, that's, that's, and it's, even as I say it out out loud, it sounds silly to me, but it's, it's very, it's just that little subtle shift of the Mm -hmm. newspaper made me feel valued, Mm -hmm. whereas the retail space made a monetary decision to get an extra 20, 25 minutes out of me in the course of the day, Mm -hmm. you know, so yeah, and th- and they they try to slip that in because my last job I was at and and the many troubles that went on there, I, I remember it was I, I think it was you know it was bad weather we got some snow and ice I mean it was you know drivable there, right. uh, to the to the place but anyway yeah they had went and got like Popeyes for everybody but they were like oh because everybody got an hour lunch and they were like okay well the the people that want to they can go get some Popeyes, but they have to take only a 30 minute lunch. And I was just like, right. are you kidding me? Like, right. what what the hell? You know, that that's that's ridiculous. Like, I would even sit at my desk or whatever. But like, for, and I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to get my hour because that's basically what I get an hour lunch. And that's yeah. ridiculous. And then and I was even reading, you know, it's, it's always posted in Ed Jobs, you know, the, the state the you know as far as when you take your breaks and yeah i was even reading on even even if you work four hours you're supposed to get a, a, a break and i believe even a lunch uh and like at a six hour interval and but some people don't even get that you're just working you're just only getting one break in six hours and it's like mm, you know. yeah and see and and something that's kind of weird there and and again you know at at another job that I had, you know, mm-hmm. they were very, and I and I don't know about the legality of this, you know, yeah. I, I I can't speak to it. I think part of the problem is, you know, everything's so big and overarching. So you see that that sign that's talking about breaks, uh-huh. and and but I started this job and it was orientation, and you know something got said that kind of tweaked me out a little bit, and. Mm-hmm. So I raised my hand and I said, hey, you know, I think what you're saying doesn't make any sense is in reference to breaks and lunches. I think right. you're required to do this. Mm-hmm. And the guy who, you know, they flew this dude in from some other state to this <laughs> state in order to do this, you know, because it was literally opening up a place that never existed before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he literally came up to me kind of afterwards and and had Googled it and they're not really required to do that. I mean, he was he was very clear about the fact yep. that we're not we don't have to like mm-hmm. and and presented it presented it as if look at how look I mean we don't have to we don't have to do this but look, we're gonna we're gonna get I mean we're gonna give you a break you know wow. like, because yeah. we're 
we're such you know we're such good people <laughs> you know we're, i mean we're, we're gonna but we don't have man, i want to make this very crystal clear we don't have to do this mm-hmm. you know and i just think stuff like that's interesting you know mm-hmm. it's it, <laughs> again from just a, a how you i mean he wanted to make it clear that i was going to get there were be breaks involved but he was making a a point of don't come at me like that again you um, know yeah don't, we don't have to do that don't you know there's nothing and there's guidelines but it's not a law that we have to do we just do it because we're good people mm-hmm. <laughs> you know stuff like that and again it's it's how you treat your employees mm-hmm. you know it uh it's just mind-boggling to me you know and and i think again back to something i kind of said earlier you know in a in a in the current environment where people have the choice of maintaining unemployment and i I think there's a whole stigma involved with with claiming unemployment and i'm not going to get like down that rabbit hole oh, but, I was, oh yeah yeah because you know people, yeah. oh you're lazy and it, you're lazy like and you don't want to work yeah mm-hmm. and and it's like you know what's funny what i my kind of take on that is you mean you mean even poor people can do what's financially best for them and their families like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. they're allowed exactly. to do that. that that's that exists <clears throat> and I mean, if your problem is with the unemployment being too high, you know, whatever, that's something you can talk to your congressman about, I guess. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But if your if your problem is, well, why aren't they willing to come back to work these mediocre minimum wage part time jobs for for less or equivalent money uh, to what they're getting in unemployment? That argument doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. You know, it's like people have a, I think, so long as they're not hurting other people, mm-hmm. they have a right to do what's best for them and their families. And when you yeah. factor in things like, you know, part of the reason, because I work a 24 hour shift, mm-hmm. my daughter, I, you know, my daughter, my daughter's mom and I are not together, mm-hmm. um, but she's a nurse and she works 12 hour shifts. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What that translates into is that there's a times where we don't have the ability to care for Ari and yeah. my, my daughter. Mm-hmm. And, and in those scenarios, we make it because we have enough family around, you know, that she ends up going and staying with my mom or going up and staying with her mom's mom. And, but if we didn't have those kind of safety nets, which, you know, as much as anything are just luck of the draw. You know, exactly. I, my my family exists and is capable of helping, but some people's aren't. Mm-hmm. If we had to pay for childcare, and childcare costs as much as what I make, <laughs> yep. Then then why? What's what, 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 Where's the benefit there? So now I'm I'm giving my child to someone else to watch. I'm paying them so I can go to work. To make enough money to pay the child care mm-hmm. that's a ridiculous kind of thing and 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 people i think like me who are fortunate enough that we have family to help mm-hmm. don't sometimes take that into account um we just kind of view that as a uh we just don't take into account what what the cost of going to work is sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, it, yeah. Cause like you said, if y'all, you guys didn't have that, it's almost like that lifeline. Okay. Well, I know I've kind of got this in my back pocket in a way, but yeah. I just, yeah, some of these, and, and it was crazy. And the post kind of jumped this off, uh, you know, the, the Taco Bell, you know, it's like almost and they posted these two sheets about, hey, you kind of knew what you're getting to signing up. And this guy went off. He, he was out of Georgia and he was just stating, well, you know, it's X amount of dollars, you know, for me to fill up my tank. So I got to work, you know, one point five hours. I mean, he was just really breaking it down, you know, yeah. to the core. And it's just like. 
wow, like you're really low bone your employees, you know? Yeah. Well, and I did that, you know, and it's been, this has been several years and, you know, the minimum wage has gone up some. And, and so the, but I did that at one point, you know, for myself, I went in and I figured out what at the time I was making an hour. Mm-hmm. I added it all up. And then I took out, this is what I pay in rent. This mm-hmm. is what I pay, you know, and, and I didn't even, I didn't even really kind of go in for, you know, for my food. I was like, maybe I spend, you know, 50 bucks a week on Cause it was just me at the time. Yeah. But at the end of all of my math, after just the necessities, I'm not talking about, you know, I'm damn sure not talking about taking vacations. Yep. I'm, but I'm not even factoring in like, hey, maybe I'd like to go spend $10 and see a movie. Mm, you know what I mean? Exactly. Just after the necessities, I had in the course of a year, I probably had about two two or three grand left over, maybe, maybe. Mm, mm. And it's like, you know, one any and I think that's something that's because it you know and I'm not trying to equate all these things together and, and mm-hmm. speak outside of my life experience. Yeah. But I don't think people understand how large a portion of our environment of our world, our United States, our environment, our state, whatever, um, how lots of people live one bad bump away from being homeless. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it all it takes is just one thing, one medical bill, one your car breaks down, one expenditure. I cuz I think at some point I and I won't quote an exact statistic, but mm-hmm. you know, most households can't afford $1,000 the prize. You know, yep. there's there's been some studies done on that that a large portion if if something happened, like I said medical bill, car breaks down, if it costs, they can't cover it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we've got large portions living in this, you know, realistically a, a, a poverty situation. Because to me, if you only are making enough money to just barely get by, A, it's not necessarily your fault when the jobs that are being offered are low paying part time jobs. Yeah. And B, that's not a pleasant existence, you know, and, and there was a period of time where I was going, you know, at, dude, I was selling plasma. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We all been there. Oh yeah. I can yeah. Like that, that, yeah. that uh-huh. 50 bucks, that 50 bucks a week. Cause you can yeah. go twice a week to donate plasma mm-hmm. for about 25 bucks. Yeah. A sure. That 50 bucks a week was life changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I don't, this idea that, well, you just, you know, you need to, you need to, you need to get a job. You need to be thankful for what you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't like your job, change jobs. That yep. comes from a, a very, uh, a position of, I don't know what I'm talking about. Cause that's not a yeah. legitimate option for lots and lots of people. And, and those from a two. And, and I feel like that comes from either people that maybe are on a job that, think they might know or have an idea or are getting paid quite a bit or also you, you know two people that are married that maybe don't have kids that are you know have decent jobs you know because I'm just and I, I even looked it up on Google and so comfortably just and this is just in Arkansas average person would need to make at least $13 an hour and that, yeah. now that's that's and that even sounds like a lower amount. And then I want to say in the forty, you know, forty thousand dollar mark, or a little bit, maybe forty five thousand there. And I'm thinking, well, wow, maybe together, me and my wife, yeah, we definitely exceed that. But separately, uh, if we were just yeah. on an individual on our own, not so much. Yeah. Well, it's tough, man, and and it's yeah. you know, it, it's just one of those things. I I don't think, I think a lot of the people that have a problem with you because there's this very like well you know just work really hard and you know and and pull yourself up by your bootstraps yeah you know, uh, that was yep, that uh-huh. <laughs> yep. and it's like <sighs> it, is there an element of truth to that mm-hmm. sure sure mm-hmm. you, you know and that's why it's so difficult to talk about it right because right if, if i say that that advice is ridiculous well then i sound like you know, this kind of 
you know, crazy commie. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. And that's not what I'm, I'm not saying people shouldn't work hard. I'm not saying you shouldn't actively, you know, proactively try to better your situation. Yeah, sure. But I'm also saying that, you know, all of the things that come in, you know, my path to where I'm at now, you know, which is, you know, I, I own a house and, and I have a, uh, a pretty good paying job. And, and I don't say those things to brag. I say those yeah. things to say, as much of my kind of path to here, mm-hmm. where I'm standing today, was luck. It, yeah. You know, it, it, it's not anything that I specifically did or, or you know, made happen. It just kind of occurred. And because of things like, you know, when I was, when I couldn't do anything, and I moved back home with my parents. I spent mm-hmm. from from 27, 27 or twenty eight until thirty one or thirty two. Mm-hmm. I was living on my parents' couch, you know, and and I was fortunate in that that I had my parents were capable of of letting me do that. Yeah, um, and, and I think a lot of the people that that kind of spout that rhetoric. Mm-hmm. You know, they they take those things for granted as if, well, yeah, anybody can just, you know, you can't afford rent. Well, just move back with your, you know, move back with your <laughs> yeah. family. Move, some people and, it's not that easy. Yeah. Some people it's it's not only not that easy, it's not a possibility. Exactly. You know, and particularly when you look at, you know, kind of generational wealth, you know, and, and my my I don't say that to be like my parents are wealthy. That's not it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but my parents also own a home and, and and are capable and have a space for me to go back and inhabit, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's not true for lots of people. And I have to, I have to, A, for me, I have to take that into account. I have to be grateful for it and acknowledge that that's not necessarily a situation that everybody can do. And that's why I say a lot of my path has been luck has been uh the culmination of things that had nothing to do with me you know it's it's i did nothing for that um and i am grateful for it but i don't know man it's just a whole lot of different things that all kind of come together and and i I don't know i i this is my one part where i'll be you know i say eat the rich I say that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've got, I've got no sympathy. You know, anytime somebody, you know, like, you know, Jeff Bezos or, or, the, <laughs> yeah. or the the Waltons or the whoever, yeah, you know, it, it, you want me to feel bad because why? You know, mm-hmm. because their, their stock portfolio is a little bit smaller this year. I don't care. You know, I. That is a completely irrelevant thing to me, you know. That's just where I fall on it. That's that's probably the most whatever thing I say in this whole thing. Yeah, and, and it's almost going to say that is if, you know, if you strap all that away at the end of the day, you're just a human being just like me. You're just a man just like yeah. me. And you're just in a different tax bracket. That that's yeah. really the only really difference if you you know, you know, or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, man, yeah. uh, pre- appreciate all the insight and and, and and man, just it was a great topic uh, we spoke on. You got any last words before we go off the air here? Man, I I don't know what it would be, Ron. I, I hope <laughs> that I did all right. I just kind of I, I you've asked me a couple times, and I've kind of yeah. I had to put you off intentionally. It just uh-huh. life is what it is. I get it. Yeah. Um, I was I'm grateful to be able to be here with you talking on whatever this thing is. I'm talking on my guy. Yeah, man, because it's been so easy. I, I've locked down because I remember kind of when I started this podcast, like it was just like meeting up with people. And it, well, that was on the old, old platform. And then I got on this new and I was like, oh, wow, pandemic happened. But it's been so much easier over the phone because I think some people have the notion, oh, we've got to meet in person. And I said, oh, no, we can actually do this over the phone, you know. Right. So so it's definitely fresher, man, getting with you, man. Uh, we'll appreciate you coming on, man, getting some edits yeah, done and, and adding the the hype show yeah man we'll get this up uh for the listeners all right buddy well good luck with it man i appreciate you letting me do it
Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Hopefully we can get all together here soon. <laughs> soon. I know some people are kind of still apprehensive. Have you got vaccinated yet or? Oh yeah, man. I, okay. you, you know, that was, that was something that is, is soon. And, you know, I was fortunate because of the job. I was mm-hmm. one of the, the first kind of group that that got offered to. Yeah. Um, and I, I took it and was grateful for it, you know, yeah. just as soon as I could. I'm, I'm not messing around with all the the kind of whatever politics and the whatever mm-hmm. you do vaccines, you know. Yeah. I, I'm just, if you give me something, even if you told me that it was only going to help me by 5%, you know, okay, I'll take the 5%, say thank you, and move on with my day. So I, still, I still wear a mask. I still am cautious. I try not to get right up in people's business, even when we are hanging out. Mm-hmm. But for the for the most part, you know, I go to work and I come home, and that's yeah. what I do. There we go, man. There we go. Doing doing the minimum. There we go. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, man. We we'll appreciate you coming on. We'll talk. All right, brother. All right, take care. All right, bye bye. Later. All right.